Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl. This is Funny Wine Girl, aka Janine Luby, and I am super excited because it's a serial guest tonight who is back. It's been a couple months and I thought we were long overdue. I say we, like there's always like somebody in my pocket or, or a mouse or something. I'll do well, the house. I do have mice in this house. I haven't found any yet, but I did. Fo- oh, actually, funny story before I even introduced. I don't know if it's funny, actually. I was out kayaking maybe three weeks ago, four weeks ago. We came home. I was with my friend, Robert, and normally I'm used to mice, the evidence of mice, not to be gross, but you know what you find after mice, they leave their little droppings. I've had mice through the years. We came home and there was an actual mouse in the kitchen. I'm not used to them being out. Like I just imagine them only being out when I'm sleeping, like they're doing what they're doing their lives while I'm sleeping. We came home and it was only like 5.30 PM, maybe six o'clock. And it was in the corner of the kitchen. I was just like, oh my God, oh my God. Anyway, he got it out, put it in the yard. And that was the end of the story. And yeah, so I started off by saying, oh yeah, there's no mouse in my pocket and there are mice in the cellar though. So anyway, with that lovely opening, uh, I am excited to have one of my favorite guests of all times, and I think a lot of you feel the same way. It is the comedian, the children's performer, the public speaker, the mental health advocate who visited Scranton in May and who might be back next time in 2024. It's Gab Vanessa, everyone. Hello, Gab. Hi, Janine. Thanks for having me back. I love coming on your podcast. Well, thank you. Have you ever had a mouse in your house? <laughs> I, as a kid, yes, at our, the house I grew up in, we, we had mice, uh, several times and that's what made my parents, uh, relent and get us a cat. And my cat was, uh, like not the normal cat. He was insane, Janine. Like, and I can say that cause I've been diagnosed <laughs> insane. He was a murderer. Like he, he was, he took on the Italianness of the Benesso family <laughs> and he would he, like murdered every animal. I mean, bunnies, birdies, a crows, snakes. I mean, it was just a killing field. Every morning I'd have to go and like get all the animals and throw them in the woods. It was awful. But yes, it started with mice and we brought a serial killer cat into the family and he killed every, he killed a cat at one point. He killed a neighbor's cat because oh my, my cat's signature, he'd eat the heads. And his family was crying. They're like, okay. It's gone. We're like, oh, Pritzy. Oh, no. I was just going to ask, did he ever leave a mouse head in your bed or anything like that? Or apparently he left a cat just head the body. Yeah, just the bodies. He, he liked the heads were delicatessen for Pritzy. Yeah. Well, and you know, it's, I guess it's common and we won't spend too much time in this, but I guess it's common to have mice. I mean, we live right next to an area that's wooded. So you get field mice and, you know, once they get in and they find a warm place, Hey, they're loving it. And so through the years I've had issues and I've had the traps out. And last year we had some, and uh, well, I, I don't know if I've ever shared this on the air or not. So I might as well, this one's even funnier than coming home to find one. So it was February. I had a comedy show that night. It went really well. So I was excited. And it's like, I think it was the next morning. I don't even think it was the middle of the night, but I go to the bathroom and not to give too much information, but it was just pee. And I'm looking in the toilet and I see something that looks like it's not pee. It's darker. and It looks like something else. And I'm like, that's interesting. I didn't poop. And then it started moving and I flushed the toilet and I do think, and I'm sorry if 
anyone from PETA is listening, I didn't mean to murder it, but I do believe it was a mouse. And I, let me tell you to this day, you want to talk about trauma and I don't want to make this like traumatic or sound dramatic, overdramatic, I should say. I still freak out now. Like in the middle of the night, I I make sure the toilet seat is down so that every time I, if I get up in the middle of the night that because I was worried. I thought it came up through the sewer. So here's me thinking some kind of like horror story, monster story, like a big monster mouse that's like 700 pounds. But someone else said, well, maybe he was just in your house and he fell in the toilet. But like, I didn't want to think about the idea that there's a mouse on my second floor because in my brain, I'm like, well, they can't get up the stairs, but they can. So yeah, yeah, I won't spend too much more time on that. But I still to this day when I look in the toilet, because that kind of freaked me out. Oh my God. If that happened to me once, I'd never have the, yeah, no, that make that totally checks out. You've learned your lesson and now you'll never leave the toilet lid up. Yeah. I yeah. I had a snake. Well, twice I've had snakes in my house. Like my <gasps> when I grew up and uh, the one time Ginny, I came home from a, kind of like you came home from a comedy show. I was really excited because I had lived there with my mom and I took care of her. Pull into the garage. I don't just find a snake, Janine. I found a snake suspended in a spider web. Oh no. Yeah. I mean, Janine, you have to imagine, you've, you've met me, you know I am, so you can imagine I was not even reacting. I mean, I, because in my brain, the spider is like from it, right? I'm like, this, what, how does a spider catch a snake? But then it was at the beginning of like TikTok. So I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get a TikTok video and go viral. So I, I'm, I get really close to it because I want to get them like, you're not going to believe what I found. And as soon as I get up to the web, the snake starts thrashing. Threw my iPhone, cracked the screen, <laughs> ran up, it under covers. Like it took days for me to re- like remove the whole situation. I never found the spider, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I would freak. I, we've had, we have a uh, little, well, they're like garter snakes. So they're like, yeah, 12 inches, 14 inches. We have those out by the, uh, the front yard here. Like, you know, I, ha- but if I saw one in the house, I absolutely, and honestly, what you read about them is they're for the most part, not that harmful, well, Yeah, you know, and they're afraid of you or whatever, but like, I would freak if that was in the house. I mean, you get me a large insect and I'm like freaking out and I'm even afraid the mice are not that harmful other than they might have some germs, but like, I still freak out if I see it in the house because I'm like, it doesn't belong in the house. <laughs> exactly. It's, it, it's stand your ground law. So PETA, back off. If I need to kill a snake or a mouse, I'm doing it. I'm not going to feel bad about it. It's the law. And and honestly, we did not, we got rid of it. Okay, one more, one more mouse, not joke, but one more mouse story and then I will stop. But to that point, I'm fine with if I've used the kind that the kill them, the, the traps. I'm sorry, because, you know, if they're here and they reproduce and you have a nest, it's it's not fun and they can right. damage stuff. But there was not last summer. I want to say maybe a year or two ago. I had the kind that I, I don't know. I think it was whatever my dad gave me. He bought. They are the, considered the humane kind because they're the kind where you put something in it and they get in there. And it closes the lid and they're supposed to be they call them catch and release, I guess. So you're supposed to release them. So I had them. And they worked and I'd come downstairs and I'd be like, all right. And, and I know it's kind of gross, but you could feel the box and the heat in the box from their little bodies. And you're like, yep, there's one in there alive, alive. They didn't die overnight, but Hey, those little mother effers, I would take them out to the field next to my house. And I guess I'm not too smart. So I open it up and there they are. They're, they're in there and they look at me and then they run. They ran right back under the porch to my house. Like, see you later, motherfucker. Like they yeah, were going right home. back. They're like, okay, thanks. Sorry. For, thanks for the disruption. But I'm heading right back to my little bunker down, ran right back in the house. So then I caught a couple more and here I am walking up the street. <laughs> 
to release them a whole block or two. I really should have given them a ticket to Jersey and uh, yeah. been done with it all, but I didn't. Okay, that is my last mouse story. <laughs> I had no intention of talking about mice tonight. So, well, you said something that now I think I may have mentioned to you in like a a DM, but. Janine, you you know I fell in love with Jersey this summer, right? Like I'm 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 a changed person. Like you I want to live there. My dream is a comedy club in on the beach in Jersey. Like that is it. That's done. I'm retiring in Jersey. Done. Love it. Oh love boy. It. Oh boy. Can I ask you? I know you did message. You said <laughs> that. Had you not been to no. To Jersey at all or to not to the shore before? Well, I'd never been to the shore. I'd been to parts of New Jersey. Like uh, Josh and I did um, a library in Haddonfield at one point. Um, and have I ever been there for anything? I may have stopped in Jersey on my way to New York. Never gone to the shore. Like people in Pittsburgh, I hate to say this, made fun of it. So it'd be like, they're going to the Jersey shore. Like it's a joke. Like the Jersey shore is a joke in Pittsburgh. Like, you know, we go to OBX. We go to, you know, oh, pardon like me. Bethany <laughs> beach only. Like that's where Pittsburghers, you see they're all their little tags in the car. And my family, we never had money, man. Like we took one vacation. It was the Erie Lake Erie one hour from our house. So I'm like, no, I wouldn't know this world to find out there's a beach five and a half hours from my house. I was like, this is, I think they lied to us. Like, I think people are like, yeah, Jersey sucks. Don't go there to keep it to themselves. Also, it's all Italian people. So for <laughs> me, it's like, this is great. I get the ocean. I get good pasta. The water ice is phenomenal. Like I've never, here we don't have that. We don't have water ice. We have snow cones. They're gross. They don't take, my sister and I had three water ice a day, a day, huge ones. Love. I'm going back. I'm moving. You should be from Philadelphia. They love their water ice too. (laughs) I do. I do love Philly. I got to say Philly people. I vibe with them. I just vibe with, and their team colors are green. And that's my favorite color. Black and gold. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you there. So you'll, you'll appreciate this. So the Jersey shore is a place. So from Scranton, it's like three hours, but you could even probably get three and a half. You could maybe get to, to a place two and a half, but like three and a half, four, depending on where you're going on the shore. When I was a kid, we would go to Wildwood. Uh, what Wildwood Crest was more the family part, but it was all very similar. And, you know, we'd go there and it was the boardwalk and the funnel cake and ice cream and all that good stuff. So this year it was like the weekend of my birthday, actually. So it was uh, Labor Day weekend. I went Thursday to Saturday with my good friend, Kristen, and we went down there. And I have to say, like some of the same motels are there. The Yankee Clipper, the Gold Crest. I'm like a kid, like, oh my God, that's still there. A lot of the places are still there. A lot of it's new, but we went to this pizza place. My friend wanted to go. I didn't care whatever so she picks she's like no we have to go to this certain pizza place on the boardwalk we go there we get a slice we sit down they had this contraption i'm like what the hell is that it's like it was like a tube of pasta sauce or like of red sauce that they would use to like put on the pizza shells and it was coming up from i don't know where it was coming up from but it was like this tube that the uh sauce was infused through so that they could put it because they go through so much sauce and we were cracking up like oh check out that tube of sauce that's interesting (laughs) oh my god yeah no i love we went to a ocean grove which my sister so i find the vacation long story short we were supposed to like have the whole first week of august i get booked for a mental health gig in williamsport so I, and it's like, it was the day that we were supposed to leave for our vacation. I'm like, oh crap. I, we, and we were going to go to Rehoboth. So I'm like, what can I swing so I can do this gig, make this money and we still get our trip. And it was like, oh my God, Williamsport. Well, Jersey's only like three and a half hours. Away. Let's do that. 
So I find this place. It's in Ocean Grove, New Jersey, which is a very, uh, very Christian town. No bars, no alcohol is served there. Back in the, it was a Methodist only town where people lived in tents. It was a tent community town. They're well known. They were in the news. They had a, they got a new dock three years ago, and it's in the shape of a cross. It's oh awesome. my. I love it. So for me, I'm like, Rose, we don't party. Like, we're not partiers. We want to go where people are going to be chill and reading their Bibles and not bothering us. We also hate when people are like, turn the beach into like, hey, babe. You know, we're like, that's not us. We're just like, we want the sun, water, ice, go into the ocean. That's it. We're very chill people. So she's like, you know what? This might work. She's like, the only thing is you can't start conversations about Jesus with people. <laughs> she's like, you have to promise me that now. Like, you cannot. I just, I can't. I'm like, all right, I promise. I won't say that we're religious. I won't say anything. It'll be fine. <laughs> but Asbury Park was right next to it. So it was one mile. Our boardwalk connected to Asbury. So we could go to a real boardwalk, have, you know, see the real people that aren't, you know, just like praying the whole time. Not that they're not real people. You know what I mean, Janine. Yeah, yeah. It was great. And I loved Asbury. Like I, Tilly, the whole thing. That's where I want my comedy club in Asbury. But yeah, love it. So I've never been to Asbury Park. I will say I have not. I've obviously heard a lot about it. And I think of Bruce Springsteen, but I've never been there. Although I have to kind of figure that most boardwalk, excuse me, boardwalk towns are very similar. You know, they have the same features. But yeah, I've never been there. But yeah, you did say that you loved it. So I was like, yeah, she, she got hooked this summer. I did. Like I just very few places. I just like truly Scranton is one. Scranton is one where I keep telling people like, if I move to Scranton, then I'm closer to Jersey. I don't know. Like this could maybe Scranton's the next move to get me towards Jersey. Then I get to Philly. Then I get to you know. It's like I, I segue my way. I'm like a little traveler. <laughs> I'm a little Columbus, breaking my way across the the around the earth. Are we allowed to let us talk about him anymore? Anyway, point is. I know. I was just like, oh, yeah, we don't talk about him anymore. I know. We're not. It's so, and I like try to tell people about this because like, you know, you have to understand. I try to say this like, you know, olden days, we did things differently. I literally went to a high school where while I'm a student in high school, I know that four of my teachers married students, right? So like, that's just, that's just something I know at my high school. That's called the nineties. Things were different back then. But anyway, my mom, every, you know, Columbus season, we would put Italian flags all over our house in the yard. She did it the same in June. She put pride flags. But my point is, like, we were progressive and then not all at once. It was really, yeah. I look back and I'm just like, oh, my God, we would have been canceled. My family would have been burned for our stupid Italian flags. We were just proud. We were stupid and proud. Stupid and proud. It's all right. You, you know what? So, you know, and I, well, yeah, we're going to go there. I don't care. So, you know, you just brought up something that's on my mind. So I'm going to bring it up. Have you ever seen the movie Love Actually? Yeah. Do you like it? And I don't mean to say it like that. Do you like, but what are your, let me put it this way. What are your thoughts on it? I feel like when I, when it came out like that Christmas, I was like, oh my God. And then I've really never watched it again. Or when it's on, I'm sort of like, mm-hmm. It's not okay. really like, it's not one of my favorite Christmas movies. Okay. So it's, yeah. I mean, I, I get when it was first, I was the same way. Like, oh, and I even, I even liked it enough to buy the DVD. I did have the DVD. So it's on Netflix now. And I watched it a couple weekends ago. I watched it again. And I think I might've watched it again a couple years ago, but I love the opening sequence. And I actually, I saw it on YouTube and I thought it was the end, but it's the opening and it does, maybe it's because as with my hormones, my perimenopausal hormones, I cry more easily because before I didn't, but it's Hugh Grant's voice and it shows people hugging at the airport. 
And the voiceover, I just love because it talks about like how we're so cynical in these times. And this was done in like 2003. So it was after 9-11. And it references that where it's like, you know, people say that we're, you know, more or less always just divided, which now, God, if they did the the movie now, we're so much more divided. But, you know, more or less, the point was more or less like people say that there's hate in the world and everyone's like, and they're like, but look around an airport, Heathrow airport. And it's like, I don't see that at all. And it's saying the part that, gives me chills is the part where he says something like when you listen to the calls that were made from that airplane and 9-11 not one was, was were messages of hate and it actually it makes me want to cry now because every message was of love and so that opening it might be schmaltzy but i love it and it just like kind of like makes me like kind of smile or whatever so i get curious about movies so i like look up who's in the movie and all this stuff so after i watched it like last week or the week before I'm looking it up and apparently it's on the, on the no playlist, the no fly zone, so to speak, uh, about being canceled for a variety of reasons. And I'm just like, so it just makes me. Why? I didn't didn't know it was. (laughs) Well, let me tell you why. So, well, the one thing I do have a problem with, and I think that's what I did look up at first, the, the actress. So the one actress who works for, I guess he was playing the prime minister, Hugh Grant's character. Yeah. She's gorgeous, very pretty, but she was referred to by her family as plumpy. And I mean, she's a gorgeous, beautiful woman and not like, oh, a pretty face, but big. She's not big. Like I I look at her and like, okay, she's not scrawny, but she's by no means fat. And like, so her family calls her plumpy and like someone else references her as big. And Hugh Grant's character says to another person who works there, another woman, oh yeah, she's got like a big wide ass or something like that. And it's like, huh? So I did look up that because I was curious about the real actress. And of course they were like, well, I guess at the time, more or less she could pass as bigger, but like she wasn't big at all. So that I do take kind of issue with or umbrage, but, and you know, I mean, let's face it, how many movies do this all the time? Like slap some glasses on somebody and it's like, oh, it's the ugly duckling. Yeah. Right, she, she takes the yeah. glasses off and it's like, <laughs> you're gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's so much stupidity, but, <laughs> but so besides the plumpy part, there's so much hate online about this movie. I'm like, I'm like, come on, what the fuck? Because I'm like, and yes, I'm going to curse. Because it was like, it was in 2003. Are we literally going to go back and look at every movie and say what was wrong with it? Because guess what? It was done then. It wasn't done in uh, the age of today. And are there parts of it that are like maybe uh, tone deaf or whatever words we want to use? Sure. But like some of it's over the top, like the one character, he's like, he doesn't do well with women in the UK. So he goes to America and he knows, you know, oh, yeah. and I'm one of these people, yeah. like, I love a British accent. So he does well, but it's like saying how, I don't know how bad that is. And I'm like, how bad that is. He goes to a bar and these three women are like, how oh, you want to come home with us? I see they're empowered taking him home. Yeah. He's not. Uh, harassing them, assaulting them, abusing them. What is wrong with that? And so anyway, I just, that's something I actually wanted to talk about with Oliver the other day, but I forgot to ask him because it just irks me. Cause it's like, if we're going to do this with every single piece of art or me, you know, not music, we don't typically, but with, uh, or maybe we do with lyrics, but with, with movies come on, really? And oh I don't know God. if you have anything to say about that, but that's just what I'm saying. Well, no, I do. I, I, it really does concern me because I mean, I, I don't know if I've ever, oh, I mean, you probably can tell from my back wall. Like I grew up 
on Turner Classic Movies. So I, I, my favorite movies are literally from like the 30s and 40s where lots of problematic behavior, but never once when I was a little kid watching a scene, I would say so. Like I remember very clearly in like Judy Garland movies um, and it's horrible and they shouldn't have done it, but these black face vaudeville numbers, right? And I would turn to my mother and go, mommy, why is she putting like shoe polish on her face? She was like, so this was this like really horrible thing that they did during vaude. And then my mother would explain the historical problem behind it. When you start saying, no, just never show TCM again and don't show the movies, then we can't have these conversations. How are kids supposed to learn? No, 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 you do not put that on your face. We don't do that. And this is why you have to see it. Also within fiction and creativity, if we can't start tackling hard subjects, even in the, uh, you know, you might not like, or the viewer may not like how it was displayed. These things still happen in the world. Like as much as we want a perfect world where everyone is safe and there is no trauma and people aren't, I'm sorry, I've been called not I mean, not skinny. Me. <laughs> I think I'm pretty darn fit. You know what I mean? And people you like, are. She's not skinny. Little Gabby, someone once said about me that she's not little. Like, like, so that's the real world. So, like, I don't think it does anyone a service by being like, la, 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 this didn't happen, so take it out of art. It's like, no, 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 no. Art shows us the, the horrible of life and the beauty of life. And if you take that away, what do we have? Because, like, a lot of current art doesn't really float my boat. So, you know, if you're going to start taking away all the old art, we're going to be real screwed. Like, you know, when they they wanted to ruin J.D. Salinger. Don't read J.D. Salinger. Salinger's a monster. Okay, Salinger might be a monster, but those books changed my effing life. Sorry. Catcher in the Rye was the first time I read a book and I'm like, there's people who think like me. Like I, people who are utterly miserable in their self and their life and they think about death all the time. Oh my God, I can relate to this character. I hate everybody, but I hate myself more. I relate to this character. Like, I don't know. I just feel like we really, and we invalidate other people's experiences. You like Love Actually? Well, you're a bad person if you like it. I am. I love this one <laughs> line that changed my life. Fuck you. You know what I mean? You get to that point where you're just like, enough. And yeah. a lot of these vocal people are 22 years old and they like <laughs> haven't even figured out who they are yet. And they're going to tell you what you should watch. So yeah, there's that too. I don't like to invalidate the children, but come on guys, please. Yeah. Well, when I Googled that, cause I literally was only, I was irritated that she was being called plump and I just had to look her up, but then it brought up all of these recent <clears throat> within the past year, these recent articles just killing the movie, bashing how wrong it was. And like the one part they're even comparing, I swear, like almost to like rape or something. I'm like, what? Cause I mean, there's like, it's all love stories and some of it's just, yeah, is some of it possibly like, you know, machismo or whatever? Yeah. And that doesn't exist. That's not still part of movies. And I'm not saying it's okay, but it's just like some of it. Yeah. Okay. But other parts of it, like, I, like really valid, like Emma Thompson's uh, with Alan Rickman. Oh my he God. Buys that's, the, that's why I can't watch it. It's too much for me. That's and, But I mean, that's very much happening. Don't tell me oh, there yeah. aren't men out there in marriages who are flirtatious with their uh, coworker, whether it's a, uh, you know, an underling uh, subordinate or not, and whether they act on it or not, buying them expensive jewelry while the woman flirts with them. You're telling me that doesn't happen anymore? Oh, what? So we don't put it in a movie? Like for me, that was just a very still relevant and modern and it because it happens and her reaction to it like 
Oh, and I think they were criticizing that she stayed. That was it. Cause like they oh show God. you when he comes back from a trip or whatever. Oh, okay. Cause so it's like what it's Hillary all over again. Let's kill her because she stood by her man. Well, I think there was a lot at stake there and she's a pretty freaking smart woman, smarter than me. I know that much smarter than a lot of people I know men and women. So it's just, I don't know. I'm just riled up about that. So it's just like, I just had to share that. And then I also want to share along those lines, because this is something I like what you said about like, Oh, you like that movie, you know, how terrible that's how I feel sometimes like when a lot of this stuff is coming out like with Kevin Spacey and all these different actors like it's like and you can't you have to watch I guess you have to watch I guess who you have conversations with because you'll get that like no you can't like him or you can't like his movies and I I have trouble with that and I mean you know it's like no I'm I have trouble with that kind of thinking because House of Cards amazing show his his performances were outstanding do I have to like him as an individual? I didn't know about his life beforehand. <clears throat> it doesn't mean I approve of his behavior now, but I'm sure as hell not going to say he's not a good actor. You know, but like, it's just, it gets and very icky. Every other actor in that show, you're not going to watch that show so they can get the residual streaming and they don't deserve, you, you know what I mean? Like, that's the other part. Like, so one bad egg and then every actor gets... Like yeah. Show. Yeah, exactly. Well, I heard, and I heard someone recently talk about this and I was like, yes, I, Bob Odenkirk. Um, who's an actor and a comedian. And, uh, you know, I, I, I actually a show fan. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't watch that. And I didn't watch, I'll admit, I'm one of the probably few people left on the planet who has never seen. Um, oh my gosh. The Brian Cranston. Uh, oh, Breaking Walter. Bad. I've never seen it either. Never seen it. It's and fun. then it's the better call Saul. And of course he's on that. I, I only know him from smaller roles, honestly, like his, he actually did try out for the same part as um, for Michael Scott on, on the office. He tried out that for that role. Oh, wow. He didn't get it, but he later turns up in later seasons in Philadelphia in one episode where uh, Pam is like, Oh my God, he's like Michael. And he's her uh, interviewing her. So I only know him from like smaller roles, but like he was on uh, a podcast. Was it? Oh, it was Tig Notaro's podcast. And I love Tig Notaro. In fact, she's not doing this particular podcast anymore, which I'm really bummed about. Don't ask Tig. And she would have on an actor and they would talk first about what's going on in their life. And then they would answer like listener or viewer, uh, listener call like problems or whatever. But he was on with his daughter because they released uh, a book together, things he wrote and his daughter illustrated it. And she's like in her twenties, but he made that point about, I think he actually might've mentioned Kevin Spacey or someone else where he's like, I'm not going to not appreciate their art because he goes, I separate the art from the artist. And I just, I appreciated that because I think we're being, I don't know if the word would be disingenuine or foolish or, you know, I think we're being something that we're not like that. We're, oh, you can't, you can't give them any whatever credit because they're, I, I, I call bullshit on that. You know, I mean, I want Van Gogh is one of my favorite artists and it's only recently I learned, you know, he did have bipolar disorder or whatever, but like back then he was not thought to be a great guy because they didn't understand him and he's being right. taken away and arrested and everything. Can you imagine saying, Oh, I'm not going to support that man because he's, he's crazy and he's this and he's that and he's the devil and he's dangerous. Look at his beautiful artwork. And so they would be right, but now we praise him. And it's just, I don't know. And I don't mean to to just dump all this, but it's stuff I think about and I wish people would think more and have conversations more instead of looking at memes and going, yeah, that's how I feel. Like, stop it, please right. stop it. 
And I think you're exactly like you really it's that throwing the baby out with the bathwater, all or nothing thinking and all or nothing thinking is stuff I have to stay away from because of my OCD. Like it's just not even a place I can go to. But uh, just to, uh, to say, like, it's more nuanced, too, though. So I 100% agree with you, like the case of Kevin Spacey. American Beauty is one of my favorite movies. Uh, the Usual Suspects. I mean, you're going to tell me I'm never going to watch that movie again because he's a pervert? No, like, that. Uh, that's a great film. But, okay, so this is my one exception. And this this was someone I wrote hard for, okay? So since I was a little girl, one of my favorite movie stars, directors, writers was Woody Allen, okay? I... What I like hardcore Woody Allen in the nineties, it comes out, he marries his daughter, his wife's daughter, but they're not, it's not his daughter and he never adopted her. And there were all these excuses. He never gets arrested there. Then there are these stories where he may have molested a younger daughter, but that all gets thrown out. So he's never truly tried. So as me, a fan of Woody Allen, I'm like, Oh, that was all lies that Mia made up because if it had been real, he would have been arrested. Right. So during the pandemic, um, Rowan Farrow, Rowan, is that his name? Rowan Farrow? Farrow? Yeah. He did a documentary about his sister, who the sister who was assaulted by Woody. And it's appalling. Like, I don't know if you've seen it. It is so mm-hmm. like the cover-ups, the state of New York firing investigators who, because they're like, Woody brings too much money to New York. No, you're not. We're not. We're not ruining Woody Allen. Like he is above the law and what he this this woman what has happened to her from this experience with her father and I went I not with a parent but I went through assault as a child so that was really personal to me and watching it and hearing about how his films the way he wrote films and wrote young girls I mean he had a, in Manhattan he dates a he's 40 and he's dating a 16 year old girl um that he in a way his writing groomed young women so then there were all these women my age who are comedians in New York. And they're like, yeah, I mean, I literally thought love is a man leaving his wife for me. Love is an old, and that, if you look at any relationship I've had with men, it's all like that. It's older men who were married. I mean, I like, it's out of the Woody Allen playbook. So that documentary wrecked me to a point that then I was like, well, can I watch his movies? I can't watch Manhattan. That one repulses me. Hannah and her sisters was always my favorite. And I even still am struggling a little bit. Like, so I had like, photos of him everywhere, took them down, like books are off the shelf. Like, I mean, he, I met him with 20 years old. I went to New York to see him play at the Carlisle, waited for him, talked to him. So he's the only one, but it's more like, I think it's personal. And it's like, Woody is his art. Woody played himself in every movie. Woody wrote, directed, starred. So it's a little bit like, I can't get away from him and his movies, you know? Um, but he's the only one. He's the only, and it's just, and that's a personal thing, you know? And it's, that's what I think people have to decide. You can't make everyone on the internet feel the way you feel about something. I wouldn't tell you, Janine, I'm not gonna be your friend if you like Woody Allen movies. Like, I get it. Those movies are freaking brilliantly written and his wit and his humor changed my life and informed the human I am today. I just now can't really enjoy them. And I, I've kind of stepped step back, but I don't care what you do. Like, why can't people do that? Yes, yes. Or at least say, okay, I don't like that you support him because I find him repulsive or what a repugnant or whatever. But I'm not going to make my decision about you as a human <laughs> because of that. And that's, I, I just like, and I this, I've felt this way for a long time. And I just, the more I look at social media every day, I have less and less. I mean, I use it just like I'm sure you do. Yeah. I use it to promote stuff and I use it because I have marketing clients, but I'm, I'm finding my ability to scroll through even less and less 
because of stuff like that and because of, and I hate to say it, I just think we're getting dumber and dumber and people do not want to think. It's like, I just saw a meme. I share it now. Like that's kind of the mentality. And I mean, I won't go on because I've bitched about this before on previous episodes. Like, you know, I talked to you offline uh, about canceling a show. Like people are so caught up in what like, uh, the like the masses are doing or like the celebrities are doing and it's like here I am like I'll have this conversation with you I create original content every week with my podcast that I'm so proud of I'll get like one or two friends who will share it but yet I can scroll through that same day and see like 12 of the same freaking memes about like Taylor Swift or about pumpkin spice or whatever and I'm like I'm sorry. I think we're getting pretty generally dumb. Um, And I mean, and I could be like the person that other people might describe as, oh, you're so pretentious, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. I I think for myself, that's one thing I can fall back on and I can tell you about. Can you? Will you? Would you please? You know, I think original thought is dead. And I don't think it's um, rewarded anymore. Like you, you, TikTok, I mean, TikTok is an app meant to someone else says something. Now you need to mouth it. And, and that, because that went viral. Now yours will go viral. And we're all doing the same clip. And like, it's all it is is everybody doing the exact same thing. It's like those, and when those go like get my most views, I'm just like, are you kidding me? I just like talked about mental illness. That one that didn't like, no one cared about that, but me just lip syncing to someone else's words. Okay. Yeah. Let's go crazy on that one. Yeah. It's bizarre. It's, Yeah, I was really thinking about that today. Like we got to a point and I don't want to blame like George W. Bush, but I just remember that when he was running for president, that's when I heard the phrase, well, I like him because he's the kind of guy you could just have a beer with. I Mm. want someone I can relate to. I don't want somebody who's all numbers and smart like Al Gore, somebody who invented the internet. I don't want that. I just want someone I can have a beer with. And I just think we all were like, oh, so that's how you get popular. Don't be smart. You know what I mean? Like that's how you make sense. <laughs> People won't, won't want to have a beer with me because I want to talk about this. So I got to just be dumb. I mean, I find myself dumbing myself down all the time, Janine. I mean, I've done it my whole life to be liked. I'm not going to lie to you. I dumb down every second of every day if it means that I think that'll make someone like me more constantly. I, I'm so not truthful to my brain most of the time because if I did, people would be like, whoa. She's mean. She doesn't have nice thoughts about it's not that I don't have nice thoughts. I just think everyone's a freaking idiot. And I'm so frustrated <laughs> at all times. And like original thought is dead. Anyone who's unique or original, it's like, that's cringe. Really? You saying cringe is cringe. Okay. Stop, 12 year old. Yeah, it's rough. It's rough. The internet can I, break. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, the internet will break you. That's all I'm going to say. Like, like, I really, I'm the same with you. I have to stay off of it to stay sane. Yeah, I, and I just, I wonder who it's benefiting. And I hate to be like, I find myself almost becoming, down, going down the conspiracy path because I'm like, well, I think we're getting dumber as a nation and I'm sure that's going to benefit someone. And yeah. like, you know, we have so many real problems and yet we're going to fight over like, you know, oh, I don't uh, trans people or, you know, drag queen shows or what. like we're going to anything that divides and gets us like arguing over. stuff. it's like, you know, we still have poverty, you know, we still have, you know, inequality. Women are still not getting, you know, we still have a shit ton of issues and no one's thinking. What do you think the future's going to look like? I mean, exactly. I mean, the fact that like that tail, like Taylor's dating that 
I don't even know his name. The football Kelsey player. Kelsey or Kelsey. Yeah. And I'm seeing that as much as I'm seeing the war in Israel and Palestine. I'm like, just like, they're both the competing. Meanwhile, we have an election coming up. Like, but they're the two top stories. <laughs> don't worry about that. We'll tell you who to vote for. What's that company they did the uh, documentary on for? They'll, they'll take over Facebook and you'll just vote as you're supposed to. <laughs> oh, my God. And then the third most popular story is Jada Pinkett Smith because she. You know, oh, my God. That's literally what I've been seeing every other post. I yes. can't get away from it. I'm like, why? I don't care about any of this. Please. I just want to see Halloween movies. That's all I want. <gasps> that is the perfect segue. Okay, so what have you seen or what are you excited about seeing? I'm I'm all into this season. Uh, I love this season of year. I love scary movies. What are you, have you seen and or what are you looking forward to seeing or what are your favorites? So I've been watched a lot already. So this past weekend, I did all, a lot of the Friday the 13th just for the theme of the weekend. Um, the first open weekend of, Hall- or of October, I did all the Halloween movies because Halloween, the original Halloween is my, that's my number one Halloween movie of all time. This week, I just told my business partner, Josh, I'm like, this week is my classics week. So it's going to be all the Hitchcocks, the Bad Seed. That's on as like, that is like Halloween, the Bad Seed, and then the Lady in White, which isn't an old movie. Oh, I don't know if you know it. It's from the 80s. No. Oh my God, Janine. It is one of my favorite Halloween movies of all time. Since I was a little girl, I've been obsessed with this movie. And I just have to tell you this, the director of the movie, the writer-director, at one point went on Facebook and whoever had Lady in White as their favorite movie, he messaged them and was like, I just want to say I'm Frank LaLogia. Thank you so much for like, and I'm like, no, this can't be Frank because I knew exactly. And I'm like, like, it's Frank LaLogia. So I write him this heartfelt email. I'm just like, Frank, your movie changed my life. I was a little Italian girl. I had grown up. I had this assault had happened to me. So I like, I understood trauma. This is the first like movie for kids that was like dealt with heavy issues. And it was so good. Like you changed my life. Like I just tell him all of this. He and I write to each other constantly. He, over the pandemic, he had a, a little private Zoom with just the people who worked on the movie. He invited me to be a part of it so I could oh ask Oh my gosh. He is the sweetest man. He's like supported things I've done with Josh, my comic. Like he's just, yeah, he lives in Italy. But yeah, just based on my love of that movie. So So, I don't know that I've ever heard of that movie. So Lady in White. And it is considered like a, a horror movie or no? Yeah, it's like a, uh, I think they put it like horror suspense thriller because it's, um, the main character is Lucas Haas and he was like a little boy at the time when he did the movie, but there's a lot of like Len Carew is in it. Um, The woman who played Mona from Who's the Boss. She's kind of like, Maybe the lady in oh, white. Oh, Catherine Hellman, I think, right? Yes, Catherine Hellman, yes. yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, I'll have yeah. to, where do you know if that's on a streaming service? I'll look I'm, for that. I'm embarrassed to say that I know it's on Tubi because it deserves better. It was on HBO Max <laughs> last Halloween, but it, I know it's on Tubi. Okay. I just watched something on Tubi last week and it was a 2023 release. Uh, what the hell was it called? Oh, jeepers. Was it a stranger or something? I don't know. This this lady who operates a 911 thing. And uh, some guy with a freaky mask. It wasn't so much scary as like kind of disturbing and suspenseful, but it was it was okay. Yeah. Oh, but I did see Brightburn. That came out like a couple years ago. I rented it on oh. Amazon, and that was really good. I, I'll just tell you, it's like the bad seed meets like Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Okay, Brightburn. I've never heard of that one. Okay, cool. I'll have to look for that one. All right. Any new ones that you're that you'll you think you might see? I. Like, I'm torn. Like, I kind of want to see the new Exorcist. And then at the same time, I know it's going to be awful. But I love the act, like the original act. Like, the, my sister, I freak her out. I, I, like, put it on and go to bed. And she's like, I can't watch it when it's light out by myself. And you go to sleep with the Exorcist on. But 
I'm so not afraid of the devil. Um, because like, <laughs> really, like you put, he's not going to possess me. Like I went to see that same last Sunday. Feel my brain and be like, no, man, I'm not doing this. Like, I'm out. Like, that's crazy. I don't want to do that. So, no, I, I'm not afraid of Satan possessing me. But, I, yeah, the new exorcist I kind of want to see. I did see that. And I will tell you, and I think we've talked about this, I don't like to go to movies anymore. Like, I don't because people are rude, basically. But um, my friend Kristen, who likes them, she took her daughter, who's like 12 or whatever, 13. And, of course, they had to sit separately, her and her friend. And I said, okay, a Sunday afternoon, it should be okay. There was only two other people in the place. I'm like, because I just, it creates anxiety for me when other people are there being rude. It wasn't bad. It was entertaining enough. But, again, when I get home, I have to read articles. So I will share one thing, and then I want to get back to your answer. Again, about where I think we're not so bright anymore and what passes. We Our level of excellence anymore is mediocrity. So um, I'm reading this article or this review of the movie on the Roger Ebert website. And we know he's passed away. So I'm thinking, but still in his name, you would think the person. So what pisses me off and I don't want to, I'm not going to give anything away in case you do decide to see it, but this one couple or the family that's in it, they're clearly not Catholic. And he refers to the, this little girl's religion as the Catholic faith, and it's a Catholic family. They have a they have a preacher, not a priest, a preacher. And I mean, I was raised Catholic, so we yeah. know Catholic. Throughout yeah. the stupid review, he's referring it to as Catholic, and I'm like, how the f can you get something so wrong? And no. it's important because they're talking about different faith and different religions in the movie, and you're calling this little girl's family Catholic, they are effing not Catholic. And I can tell you that. I was like, (laughs) again, Gab, this falls under Janine talking to her phone or her TV, screaming by herself. I'm like, I'm outraged. Roger Ebert must be rolling in his grave. Because how could you have someone writing a review and getting the religion wrong? And to this day, I do want to write to them and tell them about that. But anyway. I was pissed that they're getting that. That's a big detail to get incorrect. And yeah. you don't care about this shit, but I'm sorry. I, I interrupted you from others. Another movie that you might see. Yeah. I don't, I'm not trying to think of any, I mean, I, I will like, and not, not nothing new that I know of that I can think that is horror based. I mean, I'll watch all my, like, I love the conjuring. I love signs. Like I, you know, mm. I'm a big, I kind of keep Halloween going all year round. Like it's not a, just not one time a year. Let me yeah. ask you, have you watched <clears throat> the two newest um, Halloweens that came out last like yes. last fall and the previous fall? What did you think of them? Okay, so <laughs> I've seen all three of the new ones, and when I watch them by myself, I really enjoy them. When I watch them with my sister, I can see how stupid and ridiculous <laughs> and awful they are, and I can't even get through them. Like, with, when she's with me, it's like, She'll be like, are you kidding? Are you serious? And I'm like, all right, all right. Yeah, you're right. Okay. But if she's not with me and I can just get in my Haddonfield world and just be like a fangirl, because like I love that like universe so much. Like I tell Oscar when I wear a Halloween shirt, he's like, who's that? I'm like, oh, it's Michael Myers. He's my friend. Like I literally mean it. Like I've, I grew up watching these movies. So I really am like, yeah, I, I know all these people. Um, so I enjoy them. I, I rewatched the third one just like two days ago. The one where it's like, Michael's not really in it, you know, like more of a love story. That one. Yeah. The one where the kid, well that, but I do, I want to say like that, I know it it was criticized heavily. I criticized it heavily because Corey is like the main star instead of Michael. 
But that open scene, opening scene, when Corey is babysitting, the kid locks him in the room. Mm-hmm. Corey's angrily trying to open, and the parents come home, and the kid. That was one of the best deaths I've ever seen in a horror film ever. So I give them that as like that. That scene changed me. That was, I have to say, I thought overall it was a good movie, but it was funny. Again, I watched it with my friend Kristen and her daughter, who was like, what, 11 last year at this time. And of course, it is totally different. Like watching myself, I can get into it. But watching with the peanut gallery, you're, you know, you're laughing. And we were like, what is this? A love story? What the hell? But it was still good. I enjoyed it. But now the previous years, I was... I had, I, again, I enjoyed it, but almost from a comical perspective. Right. Like I wasn't scared. Like the one it had a, uh, what's her face from the housewives of Beverly Hills in it. The long black hair who was a child actor. Oh my God. She, she was one of the kids from high school and she was back oh, right. at She's the like bar. Lindsay, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it was comical more than oh, anything else, but it was Michael still- Hall is, as Tommy. And he's like, I'm, I'm, <laughs> evil dies tonight like that yes oh my god that was the part that put me over the top when they're all chanting in the hospital evil dies tonight (laughs) i was like michael myers (laughs) you gotta be kidding me that chant was so bogus but again it was fun to watch my one of my favorite parts the when michael kills somebody with uh he breaks a a fluorescent light in the kitchen i was like oh that's awesome that was so cool yeah. Oh my God. The kills in that one were the best. I mean, when the fire department and the police department are all slaughtered by Michael within like a five second span, you're like, what did I just watch? Yeah. It's horrible, but it's wonderful all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Now let me ask you this while we're talking about Halloween, because this is the most controversial and it's like one of my favorite things that has ever been created. Halloween three season of the witch. Okay. I don't. You ever now seen is- that one? I don't know that I had. So, so Halloween three, as in one of the earlier ones, right? Like, yeah. It's, it, it was the first one where Michael wasn't in it at all. And when the audience hated that, they're like, we'll go back to Michael. We hear you. Okay. So See, the I, masks that melt your face. Okay. I don't think I saw that. Cause I will admit I'm not as much of a fan as you. So of course oh, okay. I know the original, which I still enjoy watching. I still find that to be very oh, scary uh, with Jamie Lee Curtis. Like, I think it's very scary. And when he falls and then they look out and he's gone like that, yeah. That, that's a well done movie. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. After that, I get very confused because I didn't really follow it. Like then I think I saw ones with uh, Jamie Lee Curtis years later, like H2O maybe. Yeah, the 20 or, year like, anniversary. Yeah. And I did see a couple of the Rob Zombie versions, which I kind of enjoyed. I have to I say, I mean, them. he's freaking disturbing. His movies, yeah. House of a Thousand Corpses and all those that he. Oh, I am frightened by his movies for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, I, uh, well, the third one, yeah, it has the Pittsburgh actor Tom Atkins is the star of it. So it's, you know, there's a lot of hometown love for me, but it's just so absurd and I really love it. And I I believe that Stranger Things is completely ripped off from Halloween 3. Like it's, it's, yeah. Really? From the minute, the first opening scene of Stranger Things, I'm like, this is the opening scene from Halloween 3. This is completely ripped off. Yeah, yeah, totally. Oh. It's worth watching, but like my sister hates it. She's like, it is the worst movie ever made on the planet. I'm like, I disagree. <laughs> I watched, oh gosh, I'm terrible anymore. My my mind is getting like, uh, I will say, I don't know if it's perimenopausal fog or what. There was one movie that I watched that I found pretty scary. And of course, I won't think of the name of it now, but it was like these 
teens, well, they're in college. They go off to, they're driving to a haunted house they see. And it's kind of modern day times. I think it was only created like, it was 2019 or whatever. And there's a sign, one of those typical, you know, it's this way through the woods. And they have to put their phones in a lockbox at the opening. And then they go in and it's pretty darn scary. And all like, so it basically what happens, the torture and stuff is real, really happening. And it it scared the crap out of me. And I can't think of the name of it. Um, if I think of it, I'll tell you later, but I can't think of the name of it. But I watched that maybe about three or four weeks ago. That scared me. That was really scary. Uh, and I <laughs> I watched one the other night that was just funny, but foreign horror is, can be fun, like Swedish, called The Conference. And it's Swedish. And it was just like, yeah, again, I think you might enjoy it because some of the kills, like the guy takes a, I don't even know what the hell, did he have a, um, oh my God, a chainsaw or something else that he put, oh no, no, it was the engine off of a motorboat like the propeller and stuff that he like basically like sliced this guy up in a hot tub. Like there oh, were some really yeah. over the top kills in it. And there was like, of course, a little bit of a social and moral message throughout, but really just killing, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it was, it was like, there's also like some really screwed up humor in it. Like, I mean, <laughs> Swedish movies, some of the Swedish movies I've watched with the horror component are pretty wacky. And I thought it was pretty entertaining. That was on Netflix. I watched that on Friday. <laughs> Yeah, the only I would say, well, no, let the right one in, and then um, Pan's Labyrinth are probably the only two like foreign horror films I've ever seen. Some of them are, and there was one I tried to watch, and it was actually good and scary, but it got to be a little too intense for me, I think. And I forget what language it was, but I think it was taking place in, was it Poland? or something. And it, it got a little too intense. I'm like, I, cause I think there was some cannibalism going on. There was some all kinds of stuff, but I'm like, yeah, I think I've had enough of this. This is a little bit too much for me. Too dark. Um, Have you seen get out or us? Yeah, so get out. I actually, I think I saw that one in the movies and I've watched it since that's a good movie. I really enjoy that. I mean, that's yeah. like, that goes beyond horror. Like you actually get to think in that one, which I think it Jordan Peele, I think. Right? Yeah, yeah. That, I think that was really good. Now, I've which is us his incredible. Yeah, is that's that his? his too. And it's the one with like doppelgangers. Okay. And it's so good. Like truly, I was freaked out watching that movie the first time. And still when I watch it now, there's certain scenes where I'm like, oh my God, I forgot about that. So good. I haven't seen the one about uh, aliens yet. That's the only one I haven't seen. So maybe that'll be my the, a new one I watch before Halloween. I think I remember when Us was out in the movies, I saw it advertised and I thought, oh, I'd see that because I really liked Get Out, but I didn't, I'll have to see if that's on a streaming service because I would like to watch that. dropped on Netflix two days ago. So oh, you, it did. Okay, cool. Yeah, because everyone's been talking about like, oh my God, Us is on Netflix. You have to, and it is, it's so good. Okay. Yeah, I would like to see that. I watched a show that I've been, I, I was like, I got to tell Janine about it. Now it's, Typically, it's like a detective. I think it's based on like this guy, Harlan Coben, who writes like most. <gasps> yes, he writes a ton of great series that I love. Yes. So he has a young adult series called Shelter and they turned it into an Amazon Prime show. It was only eight episodes, but it was so good. I loved it. I mean, binge watch, boom, praying for a second season, but it was really good. And I think you might like it. Okay, Shelter on Amazon Prime. Yeah, because yeah. he does a lot of those that I've watched already that's been on Netflix. I like most of the series that he's involved with. I okay, like those cool. a lot. Yeah. Now, do you watch daughter. Uh, the ones that are um, like Hill House and all oh, of those? I love different- those, yes. I'm watching House of Usher right now, yeah. 
<laughs> so funny thing about Usher, House of Usher, I want it like from the trailer they're showing. I'm like, ooh, that looks spooky. So I must have had too much caffeine Friday because I was like antsy and I like I turn it on for like three or four minutes. I'm like, I don't know what this is about. <laughs> and I turned it off because I just wasn't in the mood to sit still. And that's when I turned on the Swedish uh, the conference. And that was just stupid enough. But I do want to go back to that. The fall of the house usher because it's good. I just I wasn't in the mood to sit still and like wait a minute to find out what was going on. That's how I was the first time I turned it on too. I was like, uh, I don't think I'm in the headspace for this right now. But today I had a show early and then I like had a lot of downtime. So I'm like, I'm going to come back from my show, eat lunch, put that on, binge watch a few episodes. And it's good. I mean, I don't think it's as great as Haunting of Hill House or Midnight Midnight Mass. Is my <gasps> oh, I love Midnight Mass. I, was I rewatch it so much. It's terrifying. Now, did you watch, I guess I was mistaken and thought it was the same guy and it wasn't, but it was in that same kind of genre, the uh, the Midnight Club, where it was with the kids who had uh, uh, illnesses. I started, I feel like one episode, but I just didn't get into it uh, too much. But I, but my sister really liked it. And she's like, you need to go back and revisit that. So I would agree with your sister on that, because when it first came out, I didn't really have interest. And I've had friends tell me, oh, you should watch it. Not so much from the scares, although there are some scares, but like it's also very emotional, too, though. So you'd have to know, you know, be in the space for that because there's a lot of like kind of sadness because all the kids are terminally ill. But it was really good and really well acted. So I enjoyed that one a lot. Yeah. Oh, I will check that out. That does sound good. What about our evil? When is is that coming back? I thought it was supposed to come back and then the writer's strike. And now I'm like, okay, well, what's going on now? Come on. Well, that's what I'm thinking. Did we like get over that hurdle? Can it go back to productivity and maybe we can get like a couple episodes out? That would be awesome. I know. It's really a bummer. Like all the shows just. That's why I saw Ultra just dropped and then the writer strikes happened. So I'm like, okay, at least I have a new show. But what I wonder though, because remember the writer strike happened, but I remember reading like someone walked off the set. So I'm curious if they walked off because they were annoyed that like things were still in production or if they had other issues or like oh. conflict and they like are leaving the show. Cause, and I, I don't know who it was, but I just remember them reporting that an actor walked off the set. So I I'm hoping that no one left. Oh no. It was not Christine Lottie. E- oh, I mean, I hope it's none of them. They're all so in but their she, different- Like her character was the one who, I mean, she really changed at the last, like it was like, Oh no. And like, then we've just been like left hanging all this time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The baby shower, right? Isn't that where we are left, basically? Yeah. Uh, So, okay, we've talked a lot about horror movies and things, but I want to ask you about you. So, you know, listeners who know Gab, you know Gab's story. But Gab, as I said, has been to Scranton recently in May. She was here. She does all kinds of wonderful entertaining and mental health advocacy. Last time she was on the show, we talked about your album. Because you record it and you weren't happy, so you re-record it. What is going on with that? Is there any update? So the update is the next step is recording original music that I've written. But the guy that is producing it, right around the time of the second recording, there's a gu- another guy in our town uh, who is doing really well musically. And he uh, put out this album and it's killing it. And now he's touring the world and he picked my producer to be his drummer. So my <laughs> producer has been touring the world as a professional drummer and is not in Pittsburgh to help me. Yeah, so he's not been around for months. So I'm hoping in the winter they'll take a break and I'll be getting all my music done 
during these winter months. That is, that is the hope. But yeah, my producer went bye-bye. And I know I could get another producer, but he's, I specifically wanted him for the music. Mm. So it's okay. like, it, it's, he, I, I want to do this with Jake. So yeah. And let me ask you not to be like, how does that make you feel like a psychiatrist or a psychologist? But like, that's got to be somewhat frustrating or like, are you, I don't want to say, I mean, you want to work with him. So that makes sense. But like, you probably also have this desire to get your project moving. Is it hard when you have to kind of like wait on someone or be like, put things on the shelf for just a little bit? Or how are you handling that? It's it, it. I have gone like in a few directions where I'm like, you know what? Maybe we don't do the music on this one. We just take the comedy that we have and that's what we put out and we just do that. Like I am still thinking of maybe switching gears. The other problem is I've been writing so much new material and people are like, well, are you going to put those jokes on? I'm like, no, because that was ah. So like that makes it frustrating. Um, but I'm also sort of like, I never was taking the album like too, too seriously. I wanted to just sort of be a, you know, evidence of what I do beyond just stand up, you know, and have just kind of tell my little story. Um, so yeah, I'm not letting it like upset me in any way. I kind of was like, okay, well, I want to work with Jake, so I'm going to wait. And, it, and this must not have been the right time. And, and I just have a lot of other things coming and like, I don't know. It's, I think old me would have been like, no, no, I, I'm, they're touring the world and I'm just a loser. And I'm just like, eh, whatever. I got other stuff going on. I have time. It'll be fine. And it's Good. expensive. Let's not kid ourselves. Like every time <laughs> I go in the studio, it costs me a lot of money. So I'm like, you know what? I can save a little money for a little bit and not be in the studio. I'm kind of okay with that too. So. I can see that. Yeah. No, yeah. that's good though. But I mean, I, I can understand things that can be frustrating though, when you, especially when you're eager to get your art out there, but you're like, you're out there performing. So it's not like you're not sharing your art with the world. And you, I see that you and your partner, Josh, are out there doing stuff with schools a lot. I love to see those photos. Those kids all look so happy in those photos oh. that you do the school assemblies. Well, I don't know if school assembly is the right word, but you do a program for kids and they all look so happy. It is. It is a school assembly. It's a, you know, depending on the school, we always say we can go anywhere from 40 minutes to an hour, like whatever you want. Um, they usually run around 45 minutes of classroom time and they're, they're a blast. I mean, we get to go, we get to travel, get to meet new people. A lot of, I mean, some of the, you know, some of the schools have brought us back every year. So there's some schools we've been going to for 10 years straight. So the kids have known us their whole lives. I mean, that's always said too. Like I was just at a school and the kids are like, yeah, we're in fifth grade. We won't see you next year. This is it. This is our last Josh and Gab show. So Josh and I literally stayed for like an hour after and just did autographs for like an hour. For, I mean, these kids just all wait. Can you sign our shoes? Can you sign my jacket? Can you do that? I mean, they're just, it's just, they treat you so well. Like there are so many times where I'm like, this is like, I get paid. Like if I didn't get money, like it's just, the vibe is so good. Like it's just really a good vibe. That is awesome. And we've talked about this before because there are times that I'm like petrified of kids because I just like, one, I don't have them. And two, like, I just don't, I, I feel like I always worry I'm not cool enough for them or whatever. But I think, and I think we've talked about this before, like you, you guys are at, the, you talk to them at their level, you make it fun for them. And I think that's probably what they want most, right? They want, they don't want to be talked down to and they want it. And you, you're just fun. You're there to have fun with them, but you're still delivering a positive message, but in a way that they're like, digging it they like it yeah it's really it's yeah it's it's a it's a it's an amazing thing and we're we're so much better at it you know now too being older I'm I feel better at it having Oscar in my life because I really have a little kid in my life and I know the stakes of that now and so I'm like you know more sensitive I think at times where I would have been like oh no it's a show we just got to go and it's like hey, wait hey little ones I'm going to be drumming so you know hold your ears you know or whatever 
Um, but yeah, it's just, it's so fun. And I really feel like I'm me. Like in, in some ways I'm like, I can't believe like who I was as an eight year old. I basically get paid to play her and make kids be nice to one another. Like that's like, like, cause eight year old Gab was like fearless. I mean, eight year old Gab was like, uh, you know, doing well in school. My, my mean brother had moved back home yet. So I didn't have all that trauma coming. I was in a good place with the trauma that had happened. Like I just wasn't vibing in my life at eight, but I also was very like, um, I don't know what the word is because I'm athletic. I had a lot of con like that kind of athletic confidence that normally you only see in boys. So I wasn't afraid. I mean, I was really fearless and to be able to like vibe in that again and just like remind little girls, you can drum, you can be the lead in the band, you can do that. You know, it's like, I just show it. They don't have to, I don't have to say it. Like, girls, you're important too. I just be, um, and they get it, you know? And like, what, one of my favorite things when like fourth or fifth grade boys come up, like a group of them and they're like, Gab, man, you have so much swag. Dap me, Gab, dap me. Gab, I gotta know, like, what's your favorite video game? Gab, can we play Fortnite together? Hey, Gab, you know what I'm like? I just won over fifth grade boys, bro. Do you know how hard that is? Like when I was in fifth grade, I was like, yo, am I gonna be able to sit in the back of the bus or are these boys gonna mess with me? You know what I mean? But it's just like, it's it's wild. And, you know, we have friends, like my sister has friends who their kids have seen us and they'll be like, oh my God, our kids were playing Josh and Gab last night in the playroom. And he kept insisting he got to be Gab and she was Josh, but then they'd switch parts. And it's like, is this my life? Like, this is crazy. But yeah, it's really, it's one of the best things I've ever done in my whole life, period. And I'm so blessed that I still get to do it and that my health is making me able, because it's not like easy. There are so many times I finish a show and I want to scream in the microphone, I'm 44. I know you don't know that, but this 44 year old woman just ran around this thing, dancing, singing, sliding on floors, doing comedy. Does your mom, can she do this? She's 28, I'm 44. Like I literally, like I want people to just be like, this is, this is ridiculous. No person should be doing this at this age, but. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I just watched. Um, so you might be coming. I won't give details yet, but you might be coming, bringing that show to Scranton in the summer. But as I was looking at your stuff, um, I, I watched your first, what kind of, I guess, got it started. Your uh, Abraham Lincoln, I think, oh song or something. That was, was that, I guess, one of your first things that you and Josh did musical where you're like making history fun and interesting because you did a little song about it, a little ditty. And yeah. did you do that just for fun or were you like preparing to do like for people to see it? No. So that's so funny. So Josh, I was always a huge fan of Josh. I loved every band he was in in Pittsburgh. I've like followed, like not stalkery, but I have just huge fan. Same with him. So he always loved my stand-up. He'd always be at my shows. And we got to a point where we would do like these gallery crawl shows where like a band would open and I would close or I would open and he would close. So we were like working near each other. And so he knew I could carry a tune. I never identified as a singer. And then one Christmas, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Zoe Deschanel put out a video of them singing, What Are You Doing New Year's Eve? It goes viral. And I'm annoyed personally because I'm just like, why do famous people get to go viral? You're already famous. You don't need to go viral. Well, Josh like puts that on Facebook as his like what he's thinking. I think when famous people go viral. So I direct message him like, I feel the same way. And we start going back and forth. And he's like, what if we did like some kind of parody on what they did? But like not, you know, a song that's already exists. What could we do? And he's and, I, and, and he was like, what about if I wrote like a song about Abraham Lincoln getting assassinated and we do like a president's day song. I'm like, 
I'm obsessed. Do it. And literally within five minutes, he's like, what do you think of this? And he sent a recorded demo already to me. So I run down to my mom and I'm like, hey, you know that really cute guy, Josh? What do you think of this song, mom? We might sing it, make a video. And she's like, he wrote that in five minutes? Yeah, go work with that boy. So he and I like hung out one day and that's when we became best friends. Like literally, I came to his house. We hung out for eight hours. We sang the entire Jesus Christ Superstar soundtrack together. He played guitar and we just sang it in his house. And we're like, let's make this video. We made it. And then Bethany, my best friend, had a little nephew who was like two at the time and he just became obsessed with our song and he was singing the lyrics about Abraham Lincoln getting assassinated. And Bethany was like, what if you guys like actually wrote music for kids that was like important and not this kind of stuff. She's like, she was studying to be a principal at the time. And she's like, we've been bringing in these assemblies for anti-bullying and it's just not resonating with the kids. Do you think you guys could like do something like that? I could maybe, and she's literally was like, I could maybe get you like a hundred bucks. Do you think you could maybe like put a show together? So Josh and I sat in my mom's garage for like a month with big poster boards. He had to teach me how to play drums. I'd never played drums before, but I was like, I think I should play drums. I want girls to be empowered. Teaches me how to play drums. We write all this music. I've never sung professionally ever in my life. Go do a couple shows. They go well, do a couple more. It was just word of mouth and it just took over and it became our full-time job and it was wild. It was just Bethany. I give her all the credit, Bethany. <laughs> Bethany. That's great. I mean, I, I mean, I've seen the videos, I've seen the posts. They really like the way they look at you guys, like you're rock stars. So that's gotta be a great feeling. As I mean, not only, but you're actually giving them a message that means something and and the music is good. And you give them an incredibly high energy show, it seems. Yeah. Oh my God. So high energy. And I, you know, the one other thing I love about it that I'm always proud of is the teachers will be like, you're our favorite assembly because we both really work hard to like tell jokes that go over the kids' heads so the teachers can get huge laughs. <laughs> you know, we really want to make it fun for everybody. So we've always really taken the teachers just as important. And like Josh and I value teachers. I'm a kid who got bullied. I'm a kid who, you know, I had, my life was insane. I, I, I always love the attention of teachers. I was voted class kiss up my senior year of high school <laughs> because all the teachers were my friends. <laughs> Josh, his mother's a teacher, his brother's a teacher. Like it, it's ingrained in who he is as a person. So like, like what are one of our songs this year? For, like, so we do a new season, like a new show every season. We write new songs. Like there's certain songs the kids love that we have to redo obviously, but like we try to always have a new show for every season. And so we always have a new parody song. And the parody song this year is Jack Black's Peaches from the Super Mario movie. But instead of peaches, we sing teachers, 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 teachers. And then we do this like love song to the teachers. But during my verse, I go like total Jack Black. And I'm like, Tits! and I'm like sliding on the floor and I'm on the phone, <laughs> like spinning, singing. To that. It's crazy. And you're like, this is happening in a public school in America. And it is. And it's all in the guise of loving your school, being kind to each other and looking out for one another. <laughs> That's great. I mean, and that's important too, respecting and loving the teachers too, because their job is not easy. Yeah. My gosh. No, 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 no. Yeah. I, it's like a whole, like, I don't love the term anti-bully anymore, just because I think that's really cruel to the kids who are the bullies who are probably getting bullied at home or going through some kind of emotional turmoil. They need help. I'd rather us not just label them like they're bad. We don't play with bullies. No, let's get the bullies some help. So I hate that term. But I do think if you take like a proactive love of like your space, your environment, like 
you don't have to be best friends with everybody, but you could be like, hey, I don't really like that person, but they still go to my school. So I look out for them. You know what I mean? Like this is, you take ownership of where you are every day, who you are. You're, I mean, you're stuck there. I mean, it's your job. So, you know, you got to find some passion and love in the building and the place and the people. And that's what I'm always just trying to encourage them. Like find what you love at school. Maybe it's one class. Maybe it's three friends. Maybe it's two teachers. Maybe it's the chicken nuggies, whatever <laughs> it is. That's what I want you to focus on. And that's what you're going to go do today. You know? Because it is, it's tough. Yeah. Do you, you just reminded me of a show. Do you watch Abbott Elementary? Oh, it's my favorite. Love it. Yeah. I just remind, I reminded me because I've been, that's one of my go-to comfort shows now. Like uh, Seinfeld's always been my number one. Office is another, but now Abbott Elementary is, and I can't, I can't wait for them to come back because with two seasons, I'm like, okay, I've watched this a million times now. Yeah, same but here. it reminded me of the episode where, of course, Janine Teagues, the overachiever, um, the, the two girls in her class who aren't getting along and like her lesson at the end is sometimes, you know, we're not going to be best friends, but like we can exist kind of more or less the same thing, exist in the same space, more or less. And like at the end of the episode, they both reach for the tissue box and the one girl just kind of like tips it toward her. Like they don't like each other, but they're going to tolerate each other. And yeah. they're in the same class. And it's just, yeah, it reminded me of oh, that. Yeah, That show is my absolute favorite. And that's the only show that I've ever felt has depicted what Josh and I do with Tyreek, her boyfriend, her, Janine's old boyfriend. Oh. The one. Because he's insane. <laughs> Abbott on Abbott like, on Abbott. Like, that's what we do. Like, he's like, no, Abbott, what are we doing out there? All right. Big booty going to grab it. But like, some of his lines are insane. That they, if someone gives you drugs, punch him in the face. In the face. Punch him. Like, it's crazy. But I, Tyreek is my favorite character ever. Like, I love him so much. As we close, are you going to do anything fun for the Halloween like week or weekend? What are you going to do? Well, I have these um, some campfire shows coming up where I, you know, uh, go and tell scary stories at uh, the Allegheny County parks and then sing songs from the Josh and Gab repertoire. Um, so I already did one. I have one this weekend. And then Josh and I will be together uh, the weekend before Halloween. Oscar and I go trick-or-treating together every year. And Bethany, his mother, and I always went trick-or-treating together every year. But she decides what we get to dress as. So we're all doing different characters from the movie A Christmas Story. So Oscar is going to be Scott Farkas or Scott Farkas. And I'm going to be Grover Dill, his best friend, the little henchman. So, but we, <laughs> Oscar and I have been dressing as skeletons for everything else. That's our real costume that we wanted to be. Uh, I think I saw you wearing t-shirts maybe that were skeleton. Uh, you were out having soup together in the Yeah, we were at Eaton Park. We, that was after that one I of saw. my... Yeah, it was after one of the campfire shows. We both dressed like skeletons. Yeah. That's, that sounds like a really fun event, though, like a campfire kind of thing, scary stories, but some some uh, songs, too. That sounds really fun. It's honestly, they're amazing. My sister came to it, and she was just like, this is so, like, she just, she gets such a kick out of how the kids are just so kind and love what we do, you know, so. That's really great. Well, that's a great way to celebrate the season. So as always, thank oh, you so much. I had so one much. thing I wanted to say to you, Janine, yeah. if it's okay. Oh yeah, please, uh, please. While my, while my album is in hiatus with everything, I did have someone film me at the Arcade Comedy Theater when I recorded the album. And I have that up on my YouTube, 52 Minutes, my bootleg comedy special. So if anyone who's never seen my standup would like to see what I'm all about, that's a good evidence of my work. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So you know what? I might've seen a clip of that 
and clicked on it. And then I think that was a case of where I was like, oh, wow, this is a long, I didn't realize yeah. it was your whole show. And I'm like, I have to come back to this. Cause I was somewhere where I was like, going to look for like a minute or two. So that is on, is it just under, under Gab Vanessa, right? Yeah. Under my YouTube channel. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And I will share that for everybody in the show notes, a link to Gab's uh, YouTube. Uh, so check out her bootleg special. So you'll get to see uh, what was going to be, it's going to be part of, I guess. Yeah. That'll be, be on the album. Yeah. You're going to see on the album. For, yeah. With a lot of the stand up from the album. Yep. And if you've never seen Gab before, you're going to like be in for a real treat. You're going to be like, okay, <laughs> a, a really lot of high energy. <laughs> I'm like, she's like a Vegas performer, like just pouring sweat, like incredible energy. I'm like, that is high energy. She's <laughs> going on. <laughs> well, I always quote you because you like spent days with me and we did like the mental health stuff and it's not quite at that level. And then we did the comedy show and you're like, hey. <laughs> what the heck like what what i what like yeah because it's like oh yeah i've just been storing it i'm like, like a squirrel <laughs> storing my energy until we get there <laughs> you were almost like timid like you know she's like, I am, like i'm a very shy natural like normally i don't like i don't like i'm just very like we had a good time chatting and stuff i think we got yeah. like along naturally and stuff but you were still pretty quiet and chill and like yeah. but yet your presentations talking mental health to the public were very dynamic engaging but when you did your stand-up i was like holy shit like you were just like ah like i was like sam kennison yeah it's like jekyll hyde but not in a bad way no no not in a bad way it's like no. like how you could not have that level of no, energy throughout the day you'd be yes. you'd need a huge nap like that would yeah. be too much. So folks, if you want to see like a version of Sam Kennison and just, I don't know, I just think of him because I just think of like, ah, like really high level. I relate level. to him. I, that <laughs> anger and like the madness. Yeah. He, I feel like we both come from some same guttural place. So check out Gab and check out uh, the link in my show notes. So check out uh, for whatever inspiration, uh, some laughter, some humor, or if you are related to uh, working in a school and you want something that's good entertainment for the kids with a message, check out uh, what Gab posts about Josh and the Josh and Gab or Gab and Josh show um, because they have a really great message with a really entertaining way that engages the kids. So thank you so much, Gab. Uh, I appreciate you as always in your time. I was so happy. I miss you, Janine. I was like, hey, anytime you want me to be on your podcast, it's mostly I just want to hang out with you, Janine. So whatever you want to hang out, I'm <laughs> Yeah. No, I love you, Jeannie. You're like, definitely, I consider you like a good friend. I really do. Same. And, and I, I appreciate that, but I was, I was feeling that too. Cause I was like, you know what? I think I need to reach out to Gab and see if she's free. Cause I think we need to chat yeah. and you know, I, I hope people enjoy our chats, but I'm like, I don't have an agenda. I mean, whatever Gab wants to talk about and it's like Halloween time. So let's just bullshit about some stuff. I love it. I love it. But we also, you and me might have a project coming up in the new year. So yes, we'll chat about it again. I hope that we do. Oliver be. will love it. Oh my God. Can I tell you, he loves you. He absolutely love loves you. Yeah. He's on my, my, a little bit, I won't say shit list. I'll say a little bit of a list because damn him. I, he spoiled me. Right. So he was, he's my number one fan who would listen every week and would send me the little, okay, here's what I loved about this. And I mean, not that like he, I couldn't take criticism, but like he's always loved every episode and he's like, I learned this and I love this and I love when they said this or you said that. So I will blame his employer there. I guess they're on my list because he has to go into work 
into the office more now. So when he was home, he was listening. Like he did his work, obviously, but he was able to listen, whatever. So now he's back in the office a couple days a week. And so he hasn't caught up on all of my episodes. So he is probably three to four weeks behind. No. Yes. (laughs) No, it's stuck. And I, of course, I was spoiled because I was like, um, I missed because I need the validation. I missed those weekly texts <laughs> telling me how much you enjoyed the podcast. So he he got a, a stationary bike. So he's it, the one weekend. I think he he was able to bang out like three episodes. So I got a text. And he's like, okay, I listen to this one and this one and this one. But yeah, he's a good three or four weeks behind at least. So like, I'm just like, I, I we zoomed on Sunday just to personally chat and stuff. And I'm like, um, have you listened to those episodes I mentioned? And this week I'm in the office for a few days, but I'm going to catch up. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> of course, I'm like a child who's like, oh. So uh, Oliver loves you. We need validation. You, me, and Oliver and go to the beach. <laughs> go to Jersey. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay. I'm glad you said that because what inspired him to say this? I can't remember. I think it was just one of our episodes, conversations we had where he said he wants to go to Pittsburgh next summer and he wants to go to, oh, because you mentioned, what is the uh, amusement park? Kennywood. Yes. You were talking about that and he goes and he loves roller coasters. I do not, but he does. And he's like, you know what? Life's short. I think we need to go to Pittsburgh. And he mentioned that. So, oh my God, if you're coming, you're getting a show here. I'm you're Janine's headlining Pittsburgh. Cause I will, cause I said that to Paul. I'm like, I really want to get Janine out to Pittsburgh. Maybe I can get the two of you. You could be, we could do the Scranton hits Pittsburgh show or something. That would be fun. That would yeah. be fun. So yeah. People so he wants you, to go. I have a really, like the people who come to my shows are smart. Like they're smart. They would love you. They would love you here. Thank you. Thank you very much. Well, if we do come out, I would love to perform. But I, he did say that because you talked about Kenny Wood and he's like, I think we should plan a trip because life is short and I love roller coasters and oh we should get out there. I'm like, I'm down for it. I'm totally down for it. That would be so fun. And Josh and I, like our most famous song is about Kenny Wood. <laughs> it's about a roller coaster, Kenny Wood. Well, there we go. And yeah. now see, I would probably, he's like, oh, I'll get you on. I'm like, no, I'll probably hold the purses. I'll stand <laughs> And hold the bags or something. There's a lot of good food there. We can eat and then there's a lot of other stuff we can do. Play games. Yeah. But they're just scare the shit out of me. I really, they, my heart is ready to stop. I just can't. I can't do the spinny ones. They make me, I get really sick my whole life. So anyway, you guys can enjoy. He can enjoy. You can enjoy. And I will like, you know, sit on the bench and look up and go, hey, kids, I'm waiting for you. (laughs) Oh my God. It'll be a blast. It has to happen. Is there skee-ball? Yes. Okay. And you can win tickets. (laughs) Okay. That's what I did when I was on the boardwalk for my birthday weekend, too. And I I gave my tickets to some little kid. Now, that was progress because I usually like to trade them in for some kind of cheap crap I don't need. (laughs) But I gave them away. But I love skee-ball. Okay. All right. We're going to make this happen. Awesome. So, Oliver, whenever you listen to this, man. (laughs) Yeah, it's a trip. It's happening. It's happening. So, you mentioned it, and I'm following up. So, get ready. (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, Gab. 
So for my listeners, thank you so much for listening. Please check out in the show notes uh, the the links that I've shared. Uh, I, I should have a scary story that I am going to continue from last year. I just have to finish writing it. <laughs> well, finish. It's never really going to be finished. I have to add more to it. And we're going to have Emily. Uh, Emily's going to be a guest in a couple of weeks. And she is someone who is very knowledgeable in finance and financial planning. So we're going to talk about tips, especially as we enter the holidays so you don't overspend or planning for the new year, things like that. Check out the show notes if you want to support this podcast. Uh, my buy me a coffee page if you want to make a donation. I keep saying donation and I should stop because it's not charitable, but it's an investment, let's say. And otherwise, the other thing I would share is that any Thing that you can do to help support this podcast otherwise would be to share it on your social media write a testimonial tell somebody about it tell a friend tell a foe tell anyone you know and as i always say i appreciate you from the bottom of my heart and the bottom of my wine glass <laughs>